0: And ride it, ride it. Good morning, Bruno. Welcome to Nonstop Rock Talk. It's uh, really great to have you on the show. Bonjour
1: mes amis on Canada. <laughs> uh, yeah, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? My French just went right out the window. <laughs> that was good, though.
0: That was, no one's ever done French on the show before. So the yeah. First
1: time. yeah.
0: That is too for, funny.
1: For the, three, for the three French rock fans that are out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: I, I, you know what actually that's funny that you mentioned that as we start. I I can go like on my on my host, I can go on um and see where everybody's been listening to the podcast. Yeah, around the world. So like I was really surprised cuz people in there was like people in South America, Europe and it tells you exactly how many um people in those in those parts of the world actually listen to it, which was kind of bizarre. That's yeah. Bizarre. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's like technology's just beyond me, so. Small world. Yeah. Yeah, so, anyways, um, it was funny. I, uh, the last time we spoke, we were, we were talking about saints and sinners. Yeah. Yeah, we always laugh. And ironically enough, a buddy of mine plays with their drummer.
1: The like, original drummer or the drummer the, the, the drummer that, that I know? I forgot his name. Jeff. Oh, my God.
0: Uh, I can't remember his last name. Yeah, so he was, so anyways, he, he so my buddy says, oh, I'll just reach out to him. Maybe get him on your podcast. and you guys can talk about Saints and Sinners, which I, I, it was ironic. He lives here where in the same part of town, like in the same city as me, which I thought was kind of funny. And he's wow doing, that's
1: pretty cool yeah and he's
0: doing a uh, he's a drummer in a journey tribute band
1: oh he's probably making full loads of money
0: <laughs> exactly exactly
1: so I, I gotta i gotta get in one of those bands <laughs> yeah
0: exactly i know no kidding no kidding i was talking to uh brandon cook from black and blue and he does a gnr tribute and he's like he's he was telling me like there's some gigs they make 15 grand i was like what? Yeah, yeah, good for him. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, but on that saints and Thin- uh, saints and sinners thing, um, I wanted to talk about "We Belong." I laughed myself at that song just just to fill in our listeners. At the M three Bruno, you mentioned something about that song to me, and I said, "Hold on, I have it on my phone." I think you <laughs> looked at me and laughed and said, "Of course you do."
1: <laughs> of course, <that's> so, right.
0: <laughs> so, what was the history in terms of saints and sinners to do with "Danger, Danger"? You guys were in the same studio, or?
1: I know the guy that, uh, Lenny Pisi, the guy that signed us to Epic Records, uh, when he, when he left Epic Records, he, I think he started another label, and he also signed Aldo Nova, who worked with Saints and Sinners, right? I think he either co-wrote or was producing some of this stuff, right? Right. And, uh, so Lenny called us up and asked us if we had any songs, because they were looking for songs. So we, uh we um the uh, we didn't we didn't have any extra songs laying around and he asked me and steve wanted to go up to canada to montreal to write with uh the guitar player forgot his name um okay. so we did we went out for a weekend and tried to write with him and we ended up hanging out with the band and go we went clubbing and you know went to a couple of strip clubs or whatever and it was a fun weekend we didn't write any songs but that's how we know those guys oh that's cool that's a cool album it's uh yeah yeah, yeah. occasionally yeah.
0: I'll, I'll put it on i have it on my phone as, as i just mentioned so occasionally i put it on
1: that we, we belong, belong is a
0: good tune though
1: <laughs> yeah that's a really that's too. a song that me and rob always bonded over rob always likes kind of obscure aor kind of stuff and i for some reason i think early on uh when i uh when we were hanging out me and rob like he mentioned that and, I, and we, that kind of was like a bonding moment for us that song that is, we belong anyway that's, yeah that's cool so let's go
0: to the latest Defiance album. Let's let's that's pronounce pronounced. that properly. How is that
1: pronounced? It's pronounced Zo Kusho. Zo Kusho. Yeah, just the way it's the way it's it's written. Zo Zo, right? Yeah. Zo Kusho. Cool. And what what's the meaning behind that? It means it just means uh continuance of the next chapter, or chapter two, that kind of thing. Uh. many meanings for the word, but that's um, you know, when uh, when i I started thinking about the artwork um you know and the title for the record i didn't want to title uh make the title of the record any of the song titles right Uh, i thought we could put more thought into it than that and then you know i was stumped and i uh i thought about what about chapter two and we was thinking about that roman numeral two chapter two but then i thought it'd be cooler to to say it in a different language and i always love japanese culture so uh I kind of did some research I had some friends in Japan and Zokusha was one of the words that kind of sounded cool to me, like phonetically Yeah. that uh, it's not necessarily the first word you would use in, in the Japanese language to say next sequel or next chapter, right. but it was the one that sounded the coolest to me. And it, it was, uh, you know, not improper. It's kind of slang. Right. So that's why we went with it. Oh, that's cool. That's really yeah. cool.
0: Yeah, Cause when I, I saw, saw that, it, when I saw the album coming, I was like, what the hell does that mean?
1: Yeah, you see? That, that it, and it also sparked a myriad of questions from people that have a podcast and, and website. So there you go.
0: That's right. Ah. Exactly. So it was like a conversation piece. and Yeah. 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 It was have people talking about you. Well, exactly. And that's good because it pushes the envelope a little bit to, um... Yeah. It's not, you know, like you said, you didn't want to use a song title. Go with something different. It's cool. Yeah. So let's, I mean, I want to ask about that cover, um... So the three guys on the cover—is that supposed to
1: signify you guys, or maybe, maybe not? <laughs> it's kind of it was kind of left to be vague, you know. I wanted I wanted that uh, to be the same on the first album. Uh, I didn't want us to be on the cover, right. and uh, I kind of left Paul to handle that because I was busy doing other stuff or doing you know uh, you know do recording and all of that. And so he kind of mocked up that cover with our pictures on it. And it's really not my favorite. I kind of, my whole thing was to have the three guys, you know, the three amigos, but have them way in the background and kind of have them be mysterious and not know who they are. These three, who are these three guys? That was my whole like vibe for the defiance. Like we're, you know, obviously there's four of us because well, we don't have a permanent drummer, but, um, uh, <clears throat> you know, I thought on the album cover, they have like these three, like nondescript, kind of mysterious dudes that could be us but they're not us you know so that's now that i was in control of the of the uh second album cover i i, I stressed that i said do not do not put our faces on these guys <laughs> I, I said, if, you, if, if you want you can match the hair color but that's about it <laughs> so so yeah so so that's what i kind of wanted to portray is this three mysterious dudes and uh you know the whole anime cover came together pretty quickly, and I had some you know some ref. I referenced a lot of uh, kind of Japanese anime to kind of find guys that that would you know fit what we, what we wanted to do with the cover. Uh, it's, cool. it's a very good cover. I mean, and yeah, I, I did. I dig it. It's actually my favorite album cover that I've ever been associated with. <laughs> yeah, and that's
0: funny. I mean, you mentioned that because the first Defiance album is kind of the first album where. You've actually been on the cover because all the Danger Danger stuff. You've you know, you guys were never on the cover.
1: Exacto Mundo.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: and, and and now you know why I wasn't in charge of that artwork because I didn't. I never wanted to be on the cover of any of my records. Right. I, I, if anything, put a picture of Bon Jovi on the front. Maybe then we'd sell. <laughs> you know, uh, but not us. So uh, yeah, I, I I'm not a big fan of you know guys on their album covers, but.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I mean,
1: unless it's Van Halen one or something, you know. Well,
0: yeah, that's true, and that, that is a cool cover. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's that's a good thing. <laughs> that's that's just funny though, because I mean, for me and as a, vi- I would rather one. see a picture on the cover, you know, like something visual, something to look <laughs> at while you're looking at it. And if if the record company <laughs> wants to put a picture of the band on the back, but don't put it on the cover, kind of thing, right? Yes, I agree. So I'd like to talk about a, a few songs on the album. Um Sure. First one of course is Love Love is the Killer. Um
1: Uh-huh.
0: It's absolutely. To me that's like the best opening track. I love the little guitar piece at the beginning and then it goes in and Um
1: Courtesy of Rob Marcello, the the, the Wizard of the Axe Board.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes, and I actually I, I was messing around. I was playing guitar one day and I was like, "You know what? I want to figure that out." And that that intro was like it was a little it was a little bit of a challenge is really but, but that's Rob because he's such a big guitar player, right?
1: No, it's funny because um when I was trying to think of the the you know what to do for the intro for the song, um I always wanted to do a an intro a la the beginning of rock bottom, kiss. Yeah. You know? Yep. And so that's kind of what I said. I said I told Rob, I go, Listen, here are the chord changes. I said, come up with something that's kinda in the vein of rock bottom but you know do put your spin on it and that, and he you know he 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 came up with that that intro and then he he called me he says i don't know if you're gonna like this and he played it for me and i was like that's perfect that's great yeah exactly what i wanted yeah
0: it's a very cool part very yeah cool and it fits it the, the chord changes, changes in that song are kind of uh they're very
1: cool as well like in the yes very neoclassical yeah not not kind of your normal aor rock yeah that's kind of it's kind of something that i i strive for when writing is not to write the same four chords that everybody else is writing yeah to try and try and do it a little bit different but stay in the lane you know it's it's tough it's not easy
0: it's weird because it, it's just um i don't even know how to put it it's, it's like the chorus and the chords kind of are there, but it's in a different, it's, it's really, really an interesting song to play.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, uh, it's actually funny because when, you know, usually when Paul and I write, I, uh, you know, it depends on which song, like for this particular song, um, I had the chorus and I had the the music written and I had the chorus written. Right. Right. And it was like, I was trying to, I knew that Paul was going to have a problem with this one because it's not, it's not you know a typical atypical AOR melodic rock song. So it was something that I almost had to force on him, you know. And I, I kept I kept pushing it, going, "Listen, this is a good track, you know. Just take your time, you know. <laughs> don't, don't just throw it because a lot of times when I throw him a curve, like a, there are many other songs that I that I threw at him that were kind of like a like curve a curveball, and he and he kind of just would not even go near it. he'd be like yeah i don't like that one and i'd be like oh man it's a good one come on <laughs> but so you know i have to i have to uh there's two of us writing so it's like uh but this one this one was one that he kind of was able to you know uh you know wrap his head around it a little and we were able to finish it so
0: yeah it's a good track how does he feel about it now
1: no he loves it now yeah he was the one that wanted to put it first on the record
0: ah yeah, it's a killer, I mean, it's a killer, no pun intended there, it's a killer track. Thanks, thanks, man. Um, well, moving on to Standing on the Edge, uh, I think musically, that one pushed the envelope a little bit too, when I hear the intro, I think of Stabbing Westwards, uh, What Do I Have to Do? Uh, back in the 90s, I loved that, that song.
1: Lord, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were like a
0: one-hit wonder, It was they were kind of like a... Were they Canadian? Oh, I'm not sure, to be honest oh.
1: with you. Stabbing Western. All right. I got to go check that out. Yeah.
0: They were kind of like a heavier, like Depeche mode, but heavy. Oh, wow. Cool. I like Depeche mode. Yeah. They were kind of, it was kind of, they had a weird vibe. Um, anyways. So back, I mean, back in the 90s, I loved that song. So hearing that intro kind of, I was like, oh, that kind of reminds me of that.
1: That's so cool. I mean, I, you know, again, totally just by accident. I was searching for keyboard sounds for something, and I came across the sound of the keyboard the beginning of that, and I kind of quickly played that intro, and I said, this is cool. I got to use this for something. And so I just had it and then threw in the little guitar things, and that was it. Right. You know? Awesome. It's just happened to work for that. Awesome. I love the droning, you know, one chord thing. It's very cool. Yeah, it is. It's a very cool yeah. intro. Yeah.
0: And that's where I think on the whole album on a bunch of the songs you kind of push the envelope and using intros that are really interesting because sometimes bands will put in an intro and they go, "Why is that there?" That makes no sense but the intros that are on this album they 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 mesh in really nicely
1: oh thanks thanks I mean I, we always want to create a mood depending on the song you know and if, if we can't really come up with an interesting uh, uh, front to the song like a the beginning to the song, then I I always like little intros to kind of set the mood. So uh, uh, and again with, with with these records that we're making now, there you know there's no rules, which is like the beauty of it. There's also no money, which is not beautiful, but <laughs> but uh, uh, the beauty of it is it, it's it's just strictly art. You know, we do just whatever we want. We're not trying to get on the radio. We're not trying to you know, please anybody but ourselves and maybe put a couple of smiles on our fans' faces. That's about it. So it's cool. Yeah, that's funny you mentioned that
0: because I, I spoke to David Reese uh, last weekend and he had a new album coming out. And there was a song on it where the chorus was very melodic and it was catchy, but he put heavy guitar underneath it. Like, it was right in your face. And I said to him, I said, you know what? Back in the day, that song... The record company probably wouldn't have accepted it, but now that you're doing it on your own, you're able to to push the envelope a little bit and give give people something different, right?
1: Yeah, sure, that's cool. And I, I think, think that's awesome. awesome. I,
0: I think, think it. it, it. I, I I just think, yeah, there's no money, which sucks, but at the same time, your creativity, you can push that a little bit more now.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, I I actually enjoy making these records. You know, it's just. Uh, therapeutic as well as uh you know just keeps keeps my my musical mind sharp and and it's a lot of fun you know we have we have a blast making these records that's that's fantastic now
0: of course um hollywood in in headlight
1: is it hollywood in the headlights hollywood in hollywood in headlights yeah
0: hollywood in headlights sorry um is that a cowbell at the intro of that song
1: I don't know. It's pretty damn loud. I mean, you can't, you can't tell how loud that's all. Every time that song comes on, I go, oh, maybe I should have lowered that cowbell a little. It's, it's, got, it's
0: got a different tone, though. That's what threw me off. It's like, uh, it? yeah,
1: it's a, it's a cowbell, all right.
0: Oh, man. And it's funny because Paul Lane, there seems to be like this theme where he's always talking about the past and things from the past.
1: Yeah, you can tell which songs he, he writes and which songs I write just from the lyrical content. He's he's always writing about the girl that got away and, you know, he doesn't want any girl to leave him. And I <laughs> asked him, I go, did you ever have an issue with that? Like when you were younger, like did some girl break your heart and leave you? And he's like, no. <laughs> That's hilarious because I always thought that too.
0: I always think like, is he is he upset about someone leaving, but I guess he's just... not,
1: no, no, but it's, it's, it's definitely a recurring theme in his, in his thought and, and in his writing, which is, I mean, it, it always works. Right. So, uh, whereas me, I try, I come from a totally different place. I just, I'm the angry guy. <laughs> hence, Love gone wrong. <laughs> hence the song
0: sick little twisted mind.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, that is good. What the- It's a good match though, you know, like yin and yang, you know, it's cool.
0: Yeah, no, I think, and I think, I mean, my, I have a buddy who listens to, he always talks about those songs and he loves all the lyrics. Like he's always, he'll, he'll send me a text and he'll go, this is the best lyric ever. And he's that's great. Oh yeah. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah, it is. And he's like, he's so passionate about all of the lyrics on that album where I, I love the lyrics. Don't get me wrong, but but I, I kind of like just go right into the song more than just reading all the lyrics right
1: yeah I'm not I'm not uh, I mean I, I'm I like you know lyrical message and stuff but for me it's like how it sounds yeah you know it, it, it could be in Chinese as long as it sounds good I'm in yeah and I'm the
0: same I mean if it cat if, if it catches me and it's sonically like I like I like melodic I like heavy but it's got exactly. capture me capture me
1: right? yeah gotta have a melody something you could sing even if it's in chinese that's right
0: <laughs> because if you go to japan they don't speak english and they're gonna sing along to a melody that's great and they love it
1: so yeah it is not amazing huh it is amazing
0: i mean yeah because the japanese fan base for so many bands is so big over there and they don't even know what you're singing
1: uh yeah no i mean they you know they they, they take the time to translate everything and then they i uh, guess appreciate it even more but you're right. Initially, they just hear a melody and someone speaking English, and they, they make out a few words.
0: Yeah, that's amazing.
1: Yeah,
0: it's, yeah, And I don't think that really happens. That wouldn't happen in North America. Like for instance, I remember when um, you'd get a French artist here, and you'd hard you'd never hear it on the radio because people couldn't. They wouldn't listen to it.
1: Yeah, you know. I mean, it's happening now with the, what is that? The BTS, those Korean kids huge really and they're saying sing- yeah there's a there, you know you, didn't, you never heard of bts no uh, it's like a korean boy band
0: oh
1: right and they, they're like massive they're like bigger than you know whatever they're yeah. bigger than uh in sync or the backstreet boys how and they and they sing 90 percent of their lyrics in korean wow yeah it's crazy that is crazy i didn't i, yep. I didn't know i'm i, I guess, guess i'm kind of, of um you're a caveman. I am. I'm out of touch. I'm out of touch I never listen to the radio. I don't. I mean, I'm, I don't either. But I mean, if you turn on your television, you'll see them. They're there.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I wonder if my kids know about them. I'm sure. Of
1: they, course they do. My kids, of course would they know. do. They'll be like, "Yeah, those guys suck."
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, my. I don't know. My son. My son's like into like into Drake and.
1: Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, same all, with mine.
0: All that stuff. I'm like, what are you yeah. doing? Like you're supposed to be a rocker. Your dad's a rocker. You got to look, look at all the music you have here to listen to. I don't like that. That sucks. I don't like rock.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's uh, it's trying to get your kid to like rock music now. It's tall order, man. Man, it's
0: it's so it's so frustrating. it's disappointing. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Cause I, it's the, uh, Go ahead. Because well, I took him down to Memphis at Christmas time and we went to see Torah Tora and Damon Johnson. And he dug it and they were cool to him and he got to meet them all and they were really nice to him, gave him a bunch of guitar picks and I was like, okay, this is a step in the right direction. This is good. Oh no. I was like, yeah. I still can yeah. not like rock and As roll.
1: soon as they got back home and moved back around their friends, it was all over. Yeah.
0: That was it. It was like, <laughs> did you like it? Oh yeah, it was good, but I don't like rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, that's funny. So getting to the all nighter, I think I think that that's one of my favorite tracks. I mean, it, it kind of switched. Um, it's got that really heavy vibe, kind of like sick little twisted night mind, but it doesn't sound like that song. It's just that heavy. Two totally different songs. Um, yeah, I think what makes this song so it stands standing is the fact that the music fits the lyrics perfectly.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was uh, one that that I, I didn't have to force on Paul. <laughs> He, lo- he loved that because you know I think even on the first record we were trying to do a song in that shuffle, that shuffle thing you know uh, kind of like uh, whatever the you know rock and roll the song they play at the uh, the hockey yeah the hockey like ring. Gary Glitter yeah Gary Glitter exactly so he Paul always wanted to do a song in that vein but I never wanted to you know go all the way there mm-hmm. so this was kind of like you know when I came up with the the you know, the kind of the initial, the bones for All Nighter, <clears throat> I immediately when I was playing it, I was like, oh, Paul's gonna love this. And I knew it. The minute I sent him the chorus, and the and you know, just kind of the, the vibe of the song, he immediately, like, yeah, he he wrote the rest of the lyrics in like five seconds. It was done. Wow. He loved it, yeah.
0: That's a cool tune. I mean, and the
1: cool, the, cool, the cool part about that song is that it, you know we just kind of threw the kitchen sink in there. We went full-on production, and you know, crazy vocals and just little tricks here and little things here that, you know, we just went for it on that song. We were like, yeah, man, let's just throw it all in on this one. <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, the
0: vibe. I remember when, when I first got the album and I was in Portugal and I went out at like 5am one morning for a run on the streets cause there's no one around and that song just drove like, it's just adrenaline rush.
1: Yeah. That song definitely make you want to run. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so funny! And now
0: getting to to Steve West, who played on the album. That's yeah. That's the one difference that I find between the first and second album is there's something about Westy's drumming to me that um, I don't know what it is. He's he's got a certain flair, and you know, he's always, especially like on a song like "Tip of My Tongue," he's got that little thing he does, you know, like the on the snare, and he's just got kind of a flair, and I think. I think to me that's maybe one of the things that I noticed different from the first album.
1: Okay, I mean, uh, I mean on both records the the drumming was kind of, I would say most of it was m- me, meaning like my direction. Yeah. Okay, so yes, Steve played and he you know maybe added some stuff here and there, but he was definitely given a lot of direction, and and there was actually a lot of stuff on this record that. He normally wouldn't play. Right. That I made That I made him play. Oh. So, and, and in a typical Steve West fashion, he would say like, "Oh, uh, oh, that's really what you want me to do? All right. That's not what I would have done, but okay. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, the straight four on the floor kind of songs are, you know, were, uh, you know, obviously very simple. But songs like "Love Is the Killer" and "All Nighter" and where there's some maybe a little bit. Stuff that he wouldn't normally play, it wasn't in his wheelhouse, would, you know? I had to just kind of stress the point a little, but uh, no, he did a great job. You know, it was there's it was, it was a lot of fun recording the, the drums with him.
0: Yeah, there's just some. I mean, I don't know what it is about his it, drumming. I think there's there's some kind yeah, of like simple. What's that? Simple. Don't overcomplicate things. Yeah, yeah. But it, I think it's how he it hits though. Like how his snare hits are all. I don't know what it is. It's just. Oh, cool. Yeah and I I've always liked that about his drumming, cuz me and my buddy always we we would talk about his drawing and we're like oh I love that part and
1: it's Steve not... uh, Steve would Steve says big thank you. Oh okay. yes
0: perfect. I mean the next time, the next time I, I see, see him I'll 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 have to make sure I tell him and
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: if if I can keep him close to me for two seconds, but if he's not off running away somewhere. So
1: yeah, he's always got, he's got the wandering eye, man.
0: Oh, he does. He's always, he's like, Hey,
1: where'd he go? Where the hell did he go?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the, the last track, which is drink up. Um, it's, that one's kind of different compared to the rest of the album. It's got a, but the vibe is so cool. And, um, it kind of, um, occasionally you guys talk about drinking like dead, dead drunk and wasted off of gilder sleeves um was that a paul lyric as well that one was written?
1: uh no drink up was uh, the chorus i i wrote the chorus for that and uh i wanted to have a drinking song i didn't necessarily want it to be in that vein like i almost wanted it to be like a, a an irish folk song you know because i always like i always remember growing up when i would go see bar bands they would always there would always be some sort of drinking song where everybody would raise a glass and go, hey, hey, and, you know, and, have it, and you know, toast each other, you know. So I kind of want, I told Paul, I said, I want to write a drinking song that we could, you know, if we ever do play a gig, we'd, we'd end the show with, you know, like a, kind of a fun drinking song. And so my initial idea for that song was, again, more of like an Irish folk song. And then Paul wasn't feeling it. And so then it turned into, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, Brian Adams meets Kiss or something, you know, that song. So, yeah. you know, the vibe of it. So um, uh, uh, it meets Danger Danger, which is pretty much what Danger Danger is. <laughs> Brian Adams meets Kiss, right? So, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. So then it turned into just a straight-ahead rock song. And, and literally the, that one we, we wrote about it a half hour wow we just kind of banged that one out it was fine we were like yeah that's it cool that's a cool tune were you guys were you kind of thinking like whiskey in the jar type of thing initially no not necessarily lyric wise again it was just kind of more like the like you know if you were in a bar in ireland or in england and you had a pint and you guys were all singing you know old folk songs that's kind of the vibe initially that i wanted for it right and um and so again, not you know now with you know half my friends have problems with alcohol and this and that, so it's, you gotta be got to be careful when you start talking about drinking and you know glorifying in it but but at the same time, to me, that's what rock is, it's like yeah. rebellious, you know, and so it's like you know you don't have to be p c when you're writing a rock and roll song, so uh um, so yeah, so it again, lyrically it was it was like in a pub in, in England or in Ireland. Right. And then, and then we just brought it back into the whole AOR rock thing with the music. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I've been in, I've been, I mean, I went to Ireland uh, almost two years ago. and It was insane. It was so, yeah, it's yeah. It's people just drink, man. the <laughs> We were in this bar on a Sunday afternoon, like on fleet street and this place was packed and everybody's happy and they're watching there's a soccer match on it. And- they are just going crazy. It was, it was soft. I
1: was, uh, we played in Belfast when they had that, I forget what it is. It's like the big horse race. Right. It's like that they have every year or something. It's like, you know, the Kentucky Derby of, of Ireland or whatever. Yeah. And so we had, you know, I was exhausted and I remember my buddies over there, they were like, oh, whoa, well, you, you've got to come down to the pub and have a proper pint, you know? And and I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, like, maybe after the show they go, oh no, you've got to come now, you know? And I'm like, what? <laughs> And I'm there like at, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon, pounded Guinness. Oh, yeah. You know, which is delicious, by the way, especially in Ireland. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> and these people are going bananas in the, in the place, watching this horse race. And, and I'm like, wow, this is just so cool, man. It's yeah. such a different, like, it's like you're in a different world. But yeah, it's is so cool. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I can't, I can, hopefully I'll get back there. Because we didn't go to Belfast, though, unfortunately. Um, I, Where oh, you okay. in Limerick? What's up?
1: What what town were you in?
0: We were in um Dublin. Oh, du- Dublin! Dublin. Yes. And, okay. Uh, then we did. We, we were like kind of on a bus tour. So we oh, went. Cool. All right. We did the whole the whole south. So we spent a couple days in in Dublin. Sony
1: Sony Records Classics presents the best of Ireland.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man, that's too. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, so that was good. All uh, right that's that I, I didn't realize the premise of that song that that's what your vision was and that's kind of cool
1: yeah in the beginning it was just going to be like almost like um, uh in the vibe And again this is a vibe thing like you know how like cheap trick would sing hello there or avida yep. sing, yep. you know at the beginning of the end of their shows yep so it was kind of like that kind of thing like i just wanted to be like a no-nonsense three-chord rock song you know, and have a cool lyric about drinking, and that's kind of, and then it just turned into what it is on the record. Oh, that's cool.
0: Now, now moving to, and you had mentioned this to me, but um, I'm sure a lot of people don't know this, that when you, when Paul Lane um, tried it for Danger, Danger when before you got him in the band, that someone else had
1: tried it as well? Uh, yeah, Kelly Hansen from uh, Far Hurricane, Foreigner, yeah.
0: That is yeah. That is super cool. Did yeah, his, so it been,
1: go ahead. Oh, so
0: did he? So he came down and did, did the, the, songs songs you, and the songs with you, a bunch of songs, and songs and with you guys. And
1: yeah. No. What we, we did, did, did was we didn't really have like a like a live kind of you know playing with the band kind of thing. What we did was we sent out our we sent out some songs from Cockroach uh, without the vocals on them, oh. and uh, obviously gave them the songs with the vocals as well, and said you know go go on to your you know whatever it is you you know grab a microphone and just sing to the song let's hear how you sound on these songs Mm -hmm. and so he sent us uh kelly uh I, i forget how i was introduced to him but i i met him like obviously back in the day when when hurricane was on tour i think our paths had crossed a few times right but um so we just took you know he was not in hurricane and I called him and told him that we were looking for a vocalist and blah 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 and sent him the tape and then he sent back I believe it was Tip of My Tongue and one other song that he sang on and I don't ask me what the tapes are because I can't find them. But I have them somewhere. And uh so he sang on that and of course I know who Kelly is and I know he can perform and you know, so for us it was more about the the vibe like meshing with our personalities right. you know if he was going to be able to hang with us right. because we know that we knew that that Kelly was a you know the cool dude whatever he could sing whatever had the, the right look and everything and, and with Paul we didn't really know him that much mm-hmm. and uh, um, um, so both of them we flew into New York and basically just hung out with them we didn't really we didn't rehearse or anything with any of them Right. We just kind of hung out with them. And so uh, I, I don't know how we how we decided on Paul. I think it was because um, I think I was more leaning towards Kelly Hansen. Oh. Um, but um, the reason why we didn't pick Kelly was because he was a little bit more focused on business. Like initially, he wasn't really focused on kind of getting along with us. Oh. He was more just straight to the point going, okay. What's going to be the deal? You know, what's the deal here? And so uh, that kind of soured us a little bit on it. And Paul was just hanging out. Paul is just a great guy, you know. Yeah. So it was a, a whole different vibe, you know, hanging out with Paul. And so that's why we went. We chose Paul. Wow,
0: that's a cool story. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't have have you spoken of that before? People, has was that ever spoken of that Kelly Hansen had tried out? You mean what? Like
1: in in interviews yeah, and stuff? Yeah, I just uh, no one ever asked. huh? Yeah, no one ever asked.
0: That's interesting.
1: Well, yeah. Well, now it's I, funny I, because you, you know now, and you know now, I, I run into Kelly Hansen, and he doesn't want to talk about it. He's <laughs> <laughs> a foreigner now. She, yeah, he don't want to talk about. Hey, Pat Kelly, remember we we would do? Uh, who who are you? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't do that.
0: No, no, definitely. Uh, remember when we didn't give you, give you the job?
1: job? Yeah, <laughs> no, no. He, I, I said you <laughs> should, should be thanking us. <laughs>
0: No kidding. Was he was Hurricane done by that point?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Done.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because that um that last album was a little bit different. I think they had outside writers come in and whatnot. It was it was a decent album, but it, it kinda took when Robert Sarzo left it kinda kinda changed.
1: I don't I don't really know much about Hurricane other than you know that him and I guess Doug was in the band too, right? All? Yeah, he, yeah, he replaced
0: Robert Sarzo, yeah
1: right when i think when doug was in the band and they were on tour we might have done some shows with them oh cool
0: cool yeah yeah because i mean that was a weird time too was that was like what 1990 91 something like that yeah that was when it was
1: all ending (laughs) yeah
0: that's when it was all when it all went downhill from there yeah (laughs) anyways you know what i i just i wanted to talk mostly about the album today and i had that question about kelly but pretty much cool that is all i've got cool and uh, i appreciate you coming on the show Bruno.
1: hey anytime man uh we need guys like you to keep keep this this uh, boat afloat so i appreciate it and uh whatever let's do it again soon okay man thank you so much all right buddy okay um uh, let me know when it goes online i'll uh, post some links and stuff
0: okay thanks Bruno. appreciate, appreciate it. it all right man okay take okay.
1: care okay. Man. okay all right you too bye, bye.